0: All right, we're recording. Did you see that uh the new Star Wars trailer?
1: I have not, but it's okay if you
0: spoil it for me.
1: You didn't see it yet? Oh man. Oh man, it's so cool. The last Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, I almost walked out of the theater. Okay, I want to I want to hear why you walked out of the theater
0: because I really enjoyed that one. I what? thought I thought of the new ones that they've made so far it was the best one. I
1: didn't walk out but I almost did about I don't know, a third of the movie is just some kangaroos racing around in some casino heist that ended up not having anything to do with the end of the movie. It was all completely negated um, there at the end. And the entire thing was just this very slow, slow chase. And half the leadership didn't tell the other part of the leadership, the plan. And they tried to keep it a secret. And then they end up getting everybody killed or sacrificed. And you end up with like 15 people, hiding in a bunker and there's like starships above them. They could just blast that bunker. Why, why are they landing their ships and their walkers? It was, uh, yeah, I just didn't like it. Didn't, didn't stick with me. Did you and I see that one together? I think you and I, I think we did. Did we? No,
0: I don't remember. It's a blur now. Okay, because I think you saw it twice. Oh, I did. And I, and I like, liked I it the second it. time. That's and right. you liked it more the second time. That's right. Because I remember you saying the the first time you watched it, you
1: didn't like it. Man, I, I'm I'm hoping this third one, that I guess, or the ninth movie, is going to just have everything that I've ever wanted. I,
0: I just so want... so yeah. There was like I, I I remember I distinctly remember the chase scene. Uh huh. Where it was super boring. It was way longer than it needed to be. But I remember loving the end where Luke is casting a projection of himself using the force and he ends up dying at the end. Like that was so cool. And I remember you you knew what was happening and I had no idea. I didn't realize it,
1: but that blew my mind. I loved that. It was so good. I just wish that it, I don't know, all the previous movies, there was like several locations and, and several cool things that happened. But this one it felt like Chase. Land on the casino planet. Back to Chase. Yeah. That's understandable.
0: Now I have a question for you Shane. Uh, sure. Do you count. The prequels. Episodes 1, 2, and 3. As
1: canonical Star Wars films. Absolutely. I read the book. Um, Darth Plagueis. Which is no longer canon. But that book. Made those movies make sense. It explained why they were on Naboo, why there was you know a, uh, a blockade, why uh, Maul came from where he came from, and just all of the the things that were happened that didn't make sense. This book made up things that uh, made them make sense. So yeah, Darth Plagueis, awesome book. So for someone who has not watched the prequels, well, well, should well I hold watch, on a so. second. You haven't seen
0: the prequel Star Wars. <laughs> so me and Jenny were having this discussion. Where she was like, another Star Wars movie? They released a trailer? Like, when are they going to be done? I was like, all right, well, hold up one sec. Yes, this is going to be like the last one for a while. And excuse you, these movies are amazing. And we uh, talked a little bit more about it and decided that we're going to start watching the entirety of Star Wars. And... Being someone who, is re- who really, really likes the original series, I've heard many bad things about the prequels. And so I never took the time to go and watch them. Um, And I question that decision. But at the same time, I don't know that I want to pollute my wife with the prequels.
1: Hmm. Well, you can watch them alone. <laughs> this Disney Plus thing that's coming out, they're going to have the Mandalorian TV series. That think it's mm. going to be sweet. Um, yeah, you should definitely watch them. I don't, I, I can't believe that you haven't seen these already.
0: Oh, yeah. All right. Well, then I, I guess we'll start at the very, very, no. Now, next question. Should you start with the original series or should we, should you start with the prequels?
1: Oh, just watch them in order.
0: Just watch them in order. Oh, yeah. Because you've already seen four, five and six several times. Yes, I've seen them several times. She has not. She's seen them a couple of times. What, what, I believe. So it's not like somebody it's, it's who hasn't
1: cute. seen the Star Wars movies. TJ, TJ. No,
0: she, she's, she's seen them. She just hasn't seen them as many times as I've, as I've seen them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll have to start. But, I mean, that said, I have not seen the prequels. So we'll have to start from the beginning. But it wouldn't be a surprise to her because, like, she knows that, you know, the big reveal that happens in episode five. So. Yeah.
1: Yep. Okay. Spoiler alert.
0: We're not going to talk about that.
1: Last week, I told you I was going to record this episode with my Raspberry Pi. And I am, unfortunately, um. Well, I'm still on my Mac. I I'm not on the Pi. I'm just staring at it. It's not plugged into anything. It just looks really cool.
0: Mm-hmm. I got that fork case that uh, you recommended last episode. You like it? I love it. It looks so much. It looks like an Apple product. Have you used it yet? I have. Today I installed um gnome 2 was forked back in the day into a new uh desktop environment called mate
1: mate mate mate
0: oh yeah and um i installed that today on my pi 4 Nice. and it's a little bit slow um i don't know if it's as good as pixel which is like their xfce fork um I'm going to have to play with it a little bit more and try and see if I can make GNOME a little bit more performant. Because as of right now, it's almost to the point where it's so unperformant, it might not even be worth using. I'm just better off using uh, XFCE. So I I have some tinkering to do, but I'm I'm happy because now I have a project that I get to tinker on. I get to use Linux. Um, I have to say, though, I really do like Raspbian because it's like an actual polished version of desktop Debian. Right. It works really well.
1: Yeah, there's a a file or a a program on there called Config that lets you change the amount of video graphics memory and maybe Mm -hmm. things like overclocking. I'm not 100% sure, but that might be able to help you speed it up as well. I'm not sure Sure. if that's in Monte. So the only
0: concern I have about this flirt case is the fact that it doesn't have a fan. And so I'm not really sure if it's like
1: throttling the CPU and things get a little bit hot. Did you put Uh, the thermal paste or the thermal pad. I did okay. If mm-hmm. you take off the the top plastic cover, you will see that the the entire case is actually a heat sink. It all gets pushed down to a spot that t- that actually t- almost touches the processor. So if you're un- if you, when if you run it under heavy load, the entire thing will get warm.
0: Hmm, my mine is warm right now. It's just it's headless as of right now, but it is still run. It has mate in memory it- or mate, um, and. It, it's still warm, so I'm not sure. Like, if I try and do like an installation of Ruby or any any sort of like development, sure, it, I don't know if it's throttling the CPU or not. If
1: it gets to 100 degrees Celsius, it'll start throttling. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Okay. Enough nerdy. Cool. Sounds good. Let's talk about your new toy. Oh man. Oh okay. Friday night. Ooh yeah. So I yeah. Uh...
0: Tell me the story. I want. I want. Like, go back to the beginning. What What made you decide to go this route? Um, what yeah just just go from the beginning because last week we talked about this you did you weren't really telling me anything about it
1: yeah so i talked with you and listened to our podcast after uh, we recorded it and i started realizing i i want an ipad that can do more i want something the size of an ipad that's a tablet that can run all of my programs i want everything i i don't want to compromise um you know, I want it all. So I went out and I purchased a Surface, but I didn't get the big Surface. I got their tiny Surface, the Surface Go. And my justification for this was there's an option that has LTE. It is fanless. It's about the same size as an iPad, and it's a similar price range. So I uh, went up, went out and I researched, researched it a little bit, read the reviews, and then ended up going with uh, the Surface Go, but the bigger version, not the, the base model. And, uh, yeah, I think I messaged you on Saturday or Sunday telling you that I had it and I was playing with it all weekend. Oh, man, I have a lot of a lot of thoughts, a lot of details, a lot of basically basically like a little review that I'd like to talk to you about. Okay, let's do the it. The first thing when, when I was going to get it, because I, I had this in my mind all week, and then Friday I tell my wife, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to go get a Surface uh, tablet and and try that out. And she said, you know, you need to take some time and think about it because you've done this before. And, you, you know, you really need to make sure this is what you want before you, you know, waste your time and go go get it and then not like it. And my what I heard from her was, you can't get this yet. Wait, because you're probably not going to do it. And what I what I wanted was, I want it now. It's shiny. So I waited a couple hours and then... Uh, I told her I was. I'm just gonna go look at them. Yeah, I texted her when I was in the store, and I, I ended up walking away with one. This thing is cool. Have you seen them in person? The Surface Go?
0: I've not seen the Surface Go, but um, my wife has a Surface Laptop. Um, so I assume that it is. And I have also. I also had a Surface Three back in the day. It was a nine or ten inch Surface Three. Okay. Yep. Um. Yep. I had that same. I, I assume it's a new.
1: Yeah, it's a newer version of that. Yeah, it's it's like the Surface 3 too. So the Surface 3 was different than all the pros because it ran an Atom processor. So it it was, uh, uh, you know, x86, it could run regular Windows apps, but it it didn't have a fan and it was lower power. And this Surface Go, on most of the benchmarks I was looking at, is like four times faster, maybe sometimes two times faster. And the graphics were much better. I was able to play games and stuff. It was, it's pretty cool. It's about the size, w- without its case on, um, it's about the exact same size as my wife's ten point five inch iPad. So you know, same size. It's a, just a hair heavier. The iPad's about a pound. This is like one point one pounds. Um, it's made of mag- magnesium and plastic, so it has this really sh- you know nice back. The the kickstand's really strong. The the hinge is really good. The keyboard, um, the bundle that I got came with. Their new Alcatara—I Alcaterra? don't know how you say it—this leather keyboard. that has like this leather um, wrap around the the wrist rest, and then on the back. And it is the, one of the best keyboards that I've used on it on any mobile device. It has a backlight. Um, it's a, a pretty good size. It was real like clicky clacky, easy to type on. Um, it was, it's just nice. It had a, a trackpad on there that was has glass on it. So that's pretty cool. Um, I'm able to do my that's gestures cool. and scroll. So yeah, the hardware, I cannot complain. Like that thing is cool. I, I guess I can't complain about one thing. It only has two ports, not counting the headphone jack. It has a USB-C, okay. but it's like USB-C 3.1 or something. It's not Thunderbolt. And it has a proprietary Surface charger port. And th- you can charge it by USB-C if you don't have the, you know, the service port. So that was pretty neat, but I wanted to be able to do everything, you know, on this machine. This is going to be my iPad replacement. So I needed some USB ports. So I ended up with the dongle life. um, This little, uh, this who adapter. I keep talking about every episode. It has a bunch of USB ports on it and HDMI. So I end up uh, using one of those and then I can plug it up to other stuff. So it's cool. And unlike the iPad, when you plug this up to a um, a monitor, it will extend itself or let you clone it to the full resolution of the monitor. But an iPad will, you know, give you black bars on the sides because it's just mirroring. So using this as a like a desktop is is much better than a regular iPad, and you have access to the mouse. So hardware, you know, check mark, awesome. So then we go into software. So this is really what's making the difference between the iPad and, and you know, something better. And since I switched to Google products, uh, getting this thing set up took like an hour. I had all of, you know, Google Drive on there. I had uh, Docs and I had uh, bookmarks. I had everything from Chrome, Chrome extensions, had all this stuff installed, ready to go. The photos, everything. It wasn't offline though. It was all um, you know, required the internet connection, but yeah, it was all there really fast. Didn't take up any storage. It was great. Um, but then I started, you know, playing around with some of the built-in Microsoft apps and then looking at the windows, um, app store. And then I realized how good we have it in iOS. The windows store is just barren. You get like four things. If you want to find, I don't know, anything beyond like Netflix and Hulu, it's some third party that's not the actual company, and they charge you. So I wanted to do, what was it? It's like a Kindle reader or something, and it was like $10 from some you know third party. And I'm, I'm kind of nervous about entering my Amazon credentials into some third party app. Um, that uh, kind of give, gives me some bubbles. Oh, I'm sure. So I uh, was playing, around with, that gives me playing around with Chrome. Chrome is awesome. Uh, it's full Chrome, all of my websites loaded. I was able to, you know, because you have the mouse, you can do all this extra stuff. Now you can have hover state, you can right click on things, uh, pages that are kind of fumbly on an iPad or a phone, uh, run much better. Um, and, and I noticed that a lot of the apps that I use on the iPad, their web versions are really good. Like a, a lot's changed in the last several years. Um, i don't necessarily have to have an app for some of these these uh these these software offerings and then i was playing around with offline mode i set up gmail to do offline that was awesome i set up Google docs and uh, google sheets to do offline and and i'm gonna go on a i, don't know, I think it's in December i'm going to go on a plane for four hours so i'm i'm planning my entire life for this four hour trip that i'll probably sleep through but i figured out you know have all these offline things'll it'll be great uh, and, or I might have internet access on the plane. Who knows? But I uh, I wanted to see if I could use this as a Kindle because the size is pretty good. It has a kickstand. So I went to the Amazon uh, website and I found the Kindle app. And the Kindle app, it feels and looks like it's made for like the, a desktop computer. It has a menu bar. It has It's kind of dense on the sides. It doesn't feel like a tablet app. And it was shrinking my, my book to like a, a three-inch wide strip in the center and then like four-inch previous and next page buttons on the sides. So it was just not built for um, or not designed for a tablet. And it would take like 20-something seconds to start. And I'm used to iPad where I start an app, and if it doesn't start in like two or three seconds, um, you know, it, it's just not on my iPad. It's I, I'm just used to this instantaneous apps now. So I started reading right? What, you know, what's the, what do people do with Kindles on a service? And the answer was a Chrome extension for Kindle. So I'm like, okay, I'll try that. So I went and I was able to f- finally acquire that. Just going to the site didn't work. You had to go through the, the Chrome extension uh, store page. And so I get Kindle installed or the, the Chrome extension installed. And then I can do offline mode for some of these Kindle books. So I got that running and run that full screen in Chrome. It's great. You can tap, you know, flip between pages. It looks good. It feels very similar to the iPad app. And then I started looking at, you know, what am I going to, if I want to use this with my iPhone, you know, what things will I need to be able to access on a surface that aren't on the phone? And the first one that hit me was iMessage. And I take that for granted on my, my Mac and my iPad, but, uh, You know, on a surface, on Windows, you don't have iMessage. And I know last week you were talking about, uh, or maybe it was the week before, talking about a Google text messaging thing that you were using. Do you still use that, or, you know, what are your thoughts? Um, Well, I don't use
0: it anymore because I'm using an iPhone now. Um, Being on iOS, I just use iMessage again. But before, when I was using the Android device, I could get my entire text messaging app, if you will, in the browser at messages.google.com. And it worked great. In fact, I missed that. I wish that iMessage would let me do that. I wish that I could have a web-based version of iMessage. And I wish that it worked as good as Google's because iMessage, honestly, nowhere near as good as Google's web-based SMS system. I, I see it, this pattern,
1: like all these Google apps that I'm using, like Google Photos, um, you know, the, this, this message thing you're talking about. The Gmail, the web versions are always better than the iCloud web versions. And I really want Apple to, like, up their game. Like, just build out some sweet apps. And I, I'm pretty confident that they're not releasing iMessage because they don't want people on Android or other platforms to use it. Mm. But it really hurts. Yeah, like, I'm their customer. They should, you know, they should help me. <laughs> I'm paying them. But... uh Then there were two other things that were missing from my little Apple ecosystem, AirPods. So I right now have these, these Bluetooth AirPods, um, little, little wireless earphones. And on my iPad and phone and my Mac, I can just, you know, tap on the top and say, you know, listen on the AirPods and they're Bluetooth, but they automatically switch devices that they're connected to on the fly. It's really fast and really easy, but on the surface, I had to repair them and, and, uh, I ended up just giving up and, Leaving them paired to my iPad or on my iPhone, playing music through that. But then I tried to, you know, what if I wanted to do music? And over the weekend, we were playing a board game with the family. And so we're all sitting around, and I decided I'm going to pull up a playlist on Apple Music of like epic board game music. So this has like Game of Thrones soundtrack, Braveheart, like all these like epic movies with like really recognizable, awesome soundtracks that I can play in the background. So I got this playlist running. I went to the, uh, Apple music website um, in Chrome on the service and I'm playing the the, the the song and then the 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 screen dims a little bit and then it turns off um, just like you know your iPad or your phone goes to sleep but as soon as that happens on the surface it goes in, it goes to sleep so your music stops so I you know I, I guess I I took this for granted on the phone and the iPad and I started thinking about my MacBook if I was you know, listening to something on my MacBook and I closed the lid, the music would stop. So that, that kind of makes sense. But because it's a tablet or it looks like a tablet, I want it to function more like that. So I started trying to figure out what are my other options to try to get music to still play. And I ended up, I installed iTunes. Oh man, if you haven't installed iTunes on Windows since they've added it to the store, you're missing out. This thing is weird. But anyway, I got it installed um start playing the same playlist went to sleep music stopped so then i i end up like modifying the chrome shortcut on the desktop and adding you know flags on the end of the 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 uh the address i i do like all these this red uh registry change i do all these these things to try to make this thing happen and the, the whole time i'm doing it i in the back of my mind i'm thinking my wife will never do this like there's no way she would ever do something in registry to enable this feature. And, you know, is this what normal people are doing? Am I using it wrong? I just wasn't sure. So I uh, I read online and I find out there is a Windows API called, I think it's like Connected Standby or something, that if the app developer supports it, then you could turn off the, the Surface and it will still play. So it's it's built so that, it'll use as the least amount of power as possible. So I found out the only app that I could get that supported this is Microsoft's groove music. So that's a bummer. I, uh, <laughs> groove was not even on my list of, of options for music, uh, delivery. So I gave up on that pretty quick and just, uh, started playing Spotify. It's a like I get mixed results on that. So I, uh, interesting. I ended up just playing music through the phone. So that leads me to a couple other segues. Um, work. So I'm, the music thing didn't work. It's reading books is kind of clunky. So you know the the video playing through Chrome works, but it, it, the media consumption's not the best on it. And I understand that going into it, this thing is 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 going to be the the parts of my iPad that iPad doesn't cover, so file, uh, you know, file system access and being able to, to plug anything I want into it and, you know, be able to develop on it and, and remote desktop and other machines and, and do more powerful things. So I start trying to do some work stuff on it and the, the, the cloud apps for work are awesome. I was on Jira that loaded great. I was looking on, went to Slack I you know, loaded discord, discord's not work, but yeah, I loaded all these web apps. They're all running great. Um, then I noticed Slack isn't the same as my phone or my iPad because I don't get the push notifications and stuff. I kind of miss that. Um, then I played with Linux on Windows, and over the last several years, they've been adding Ubuntu and SUSE and all these Linux distributions as apps on Windows. So I had Ubuntu installed, and I uh, it, it wasn't it was, wasn't that difficult. You you download an app from the App Store, and then you run one line in, in uh, PowerShell and it enables it. And then I was able to install Node.js. I wrote a little Node app and was able to, you know, print things on the screen. So that's awesome. And then I also found out that it's kind of like a sandbox virtual machine or a Docker or something. It mounts the C drive as in a folder called, you know, slash mount slash C. So that's pretty cool. I can access the files on Windows from this little Linux thing. So that was, that was really fun. Um, then I,
0: That is super cool. I'm very proud of Microsoft for having done that because 10 years ago, that was, that would have been unheard of during the Vista and windows seven era. Like, and especially windows XP, like Linux was seen as the enemy. So I, I love that they are, Microsoft has gone very much into an open source frame of mind and they try and open source a lot and they really embrace it. So good on them. I'm glad that that works well. And it's not seen as so much of a second class citizen, um, you can access your disk drive on Linux. That's, I mean, the whole thing is super cool that that's it happening. It feels now. like Sigwin
1: did, you know, several years ago on Windows. Sigwin was this app you could download mm-hmm. that ran some Unix slash Linuxy type stuff. It wasn't a full blown Linux environment, but it was it was pretty good. It, it, yeah, it gave, it gave a POSIX
0: yeah. interface to between like the applications that use POSIX and uh, Windows. A, it was basically a middleware between the two.
1: Then I, I started trying new games, uh, installed a couple of games, installed Steam. That was awesome. was able to, able to install stuff. Uh, Minecraft, which is owned by Microsoft, there's two versions. There's the Java version, and then there's the the new rewritten version. Uh, I think it's like C++. The Java version is the original. That one was not runnable like at all. It was like eight frames a second or something. It was terrible. Um, But the the other one is, you know, really good, really smooth, really optimized. But the Java one is the one that, you know, I have friends who are on Minecraft servers and and run their own server. So I was trying to connect to those and test that out. But Minecraft was not a starter. But some of my older Windows games all ran great. And this thing is this cheap little tablet. Um, It doesn't have a fan. It's just really small and it it's just as powerful as you know my computer that i took to quakecon back in like 2003 or 4 uh, this thing is like my uh, an old gaming desktop so that was really cool to see you know how it how it's changed over the years and shrunk down to something so small but i was able to play some of these old windows games um it it was really nice and but i realized i needed a mouse for these games so i i got a mouse hooked that up and then so I'm using the keyboard, which is the keyboard on the surface is great. Using the keyboard, using the mouse, and I'm never touching the screen now. I'm just always using the keyboard and mouse. But I bought this thing because I want, I enjoy using the tablet and the touch parts, but I wanted to be able to, able to do other things. But I, it ended up being just a little laptop, and I'm not using really using the touch screen. And then after doing that for a little while. Like the touch screen things kind of feel cumbersome, so I turned it into tablet mode, and then I, I found out that there's a, a modification of Windows 10 that feels like Windows 8, where everything's a giant tile. Yeah, it's, it's everything runs full screen, but if it's they call it tablet mode, but it feels more like an iPad. But when I run stuff in that, um, I, I want to touch it and I want to you know turn it sideways and things. But I start noticing that there's little menus and there's little places where, you know, your finger's not as good as the mouse. So I end up using the mouse more. And the, the whole time I'm doing this, I'm thinking, well, maybe, maybe I should just have a laptop. Maybe I'm, maybe I've just overthought this whole thing. So I'm, I'm trying to get the, the most performance out of this thing. So I find there's a, there's a power slider when you click on battery, because I'm, I'm watching the battery life too. And the battery de- definitely drains faster than an iPad, but there's a slider. And if you uh, crank it all the way to the right, it, it like the battery life's two hours, but it's fast. And if you crank it all the way to the left, the battery life is like 10 hours. But the thing is so slow that after two hours, I get frustrated and I put it away. So I get about two hours of battery life, no matter where I'm at on this little slider. So that was, that's something to think about is you know, power management and I'm definitely micromanaging this and most people will never even know that that's a slider, but you know, I'm, I'm just wanting to see what it can do. So I, I'm trying all these things and, and, uh, I ended up returning it this afternoon. Really? I was not (laughs) expecting that. Yeah. I, uh, (laughs) I just, I started thinking about, I had some reflection time and I'm looking at what are the things that i That I can now do that I couldn't do on the iPad. And I, you know, have a whole list of them now. Like playing those, those old Windows games and, you know, accessing some of this stuff on some of these websites for work um, and and doing some of these things that you can't do on the iPad, but you can do in Chrome. And then I start comparing that to some of the web apps and software that I'm trying to use on this. They're so um, restricted. And the iPad you know, has great versions of them where I'm using some Chrome extension with offline mode. And so now I'm, I'm trusting that you know my entire app is going to be in cache on Chrome. I don't know. I, just, I, I always feel uneasy about having you know, some app that I would need in offline mode in Chrome. If I was on a plane or something and mm-hmm. I hit the wrong button in Chrome, my virtual apps are gone. That's always a, a scary thought. So, you know, going through making this list, comparing it to the iPad, and I just, I, I come to the realization that, you know, I that's not what I want. I, I want a desktop computer whenever I'm on the computer. I want the full, the, you know, the huge screen with all the power that I can have. If I have a little laptop that can do everything, then I can now work in environments that I couldn't work at before. So I'm on some couch in like a really twisted position with my arm on a pillow and stuff and my back's hurting and my wrists are at a weird angle, you know, I'm never going to be as, as productive as if I'm at a, you know, a proper desk with the proper posture in a, you know, a quiet, quiet, cool environment where I can really just like focus and get in the zone. I, I, I just, I, I'm realizing that I'm not going to have the same quality of, of code and experience in those other environments. But in those environments, I'm typically wanting to consume stuff, and if I want to read a book or watch a movie, it's a much better experience on a little iPad with ten hours of battery life than, you know, a little Surface that I'm using a Chrome extension and I'm messing around with this power slider to try to optimize my battery life. So I went over these several times and ended up returning the Surface. So that was that was my weekend.
0: how do you feel about? Well, for one, when you had the Surface, did you find yourself reaching for the no, iPad
1: at all? No, I di- I didn't turn it on. I really? left it okay. in a bag. I didn't even need it. In fact, I went all weekend and never never touched it. It was okay. it was able to do the stuff that the the iPad would. Oh, I, one more thing that was great on it. I was actually typing up these show notes so I'm in Google Docs and I'm just typing away and this thing feel I'm in a totally different mode than if I'm trying to type notes on an on an iPad on an iPad you can't, you tend to summarize or you you skim or you you try to do as little input as you can but on this surface I was going all out and doing formatting and it was just really really nice to type um I so I really enjoyed that part of the surface I don't want to to discredit that um, and then there was one other um, thing that happened. I was doing something on my computer and my wife came in and she wanted to use the Surface just to just to play with it. And all she wanted to do was make a little to-do list and little notes app. So I'm like, oh, no problem. I'll just load up Google Sheets or or something and let you do that. So I load up Google Sheets and I, I hand it to her. And then um, she comes back a couple minutes later and she's like, I, I don't see my mouse and I'm like, what are you talking about? And so there's a bug in some versions of Chrome on the surface that the mouse cursor will disappear over the Chrome window. Everything else on the system can see the mouse, but not Chrome. And this, this surface is all built or uh, the way I've set it up is where Chrome is like the entire machine. And so the way you can fix this bug is to reboot the, the surface or completely kill Chrome. And you can't right-click on Chrome on the little star bar and and hit quit. You have to go to Task Manager and kill Chrome and all of its sub-processes. And I can't tell my wife that. Like, yes, oh, so it's easy. Just right-click on the star bar, hit Task Manager, right-click on Chrome, hit kill all sub-tasks, then restart Chrome and log into your website again. It's easy. No, that didn't work. So, uh... And I didn't know, well, I did all the pro- the steps for her and got her set up with her mouse working again and handed it off to her. And then I went into her room, I don't know, 10 minutes later. The surface is nicely folded, sitting near my side of the bed. And she's on her iPad with Evernote open, with a video running in the corner and picture in picture, just happy as can be. So, you know, that was another sign that, you know, I'm not going to, there's no way I, I can convert her over. She can do everything that she needs to do on that iPad and the benefits of the service. No, it for her case would just be the keyboard and mouse. So that was another thing that played into the, the decision to return it. I mean, and again, that
0: makes sense. It's kind of like, I will never be able to convince you to use iOS on a Mac on, on a day-to-day basis.
1: Yep. No, that makes sense.
0: You know, like trying to use a desktop op- operating system on a tablet is, is just it's just weird. Even though Microsoft tries to make Windows tablet friendly, like it's still a desktop operating system using, at the end of the day.
1: If you're well, you know. as an iOS developer, we have the, the iPhone simulator on our screen and we have to interact with it like you would a phone. So you, you have a mouse, but your mouse is supposed to be your finger, and everything just feels slow and, and clunky if you're trying to manipulate it and use this app on the computer and that that's part of the reason i believe that apple's really picky about keeping the two operating systems separate and you know on windows and surface where they're kind of blurring those two metaphors it starts to fall apart and it's just interesting seeing and just realizing all of these decisions that apple made you know i'm sure they were arguing in a in a you know a conference room for hours about whether or not you should be able to have you know touch screen on the, the MacBook or if it should just be on the tablet. And they do a pretty good job. All of their decisions, you know, they make sense. They they hurt in the moment, but um, overall like you're gonna have a much better experience. And my wife's not going to, you know, get upset at her iPad and, and turn it off and put it on my side of the bed because you know her finger doesn't display on the screen now or something. No doubt. Okay. I think you made the right so, call. What can I do if I'm not going to go the surface route and I want to use a desktop at home? I don't really want to take a laptop around. So at work, I was playing around with one of our, uh, our, uh, was it a, a Samsung, uh, galaxy note nine. I think it's the one I grabbed, I grabbed an Android device off the shelf. And then I found a, 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 keyboard mouse and monitor all plugged into a little Hutu. this little, uh, little dongle with USB-C on the end. So I grabbed the phone, turned it on, and just plugged the dongle, one cable, into the bottom of this Galaxy Note, and then it booted up uh, Samsung DeX. And so the, the on the monitor, it looked like desktop Linux, and my keyboard and mouse worked. And I can open up Word. I can open up apps on the f- little Android apps on the phone. I could use this kind of like a desktop. I didn't spend enough time on it to mess around and see if I can get you know, no JS or, or anything like that installed, but that Dex is definitely something that, that's, uh, piques my interest. These phones are getting so fast, so fast that, you know, in the future, your, your phone will be, you know, the computing environment when you go to the desktop, but we're, we're just not there yet. When
0: you think about it, that, that Samsung that you were talking to me about probably has the same amount of power, pro- possibly even more Absolutely. than a Raspberry Pi has, you know, and if we're already seeing desktop, you know, operating systems on low power devices like that for less than a hundred dollars, then we're most definitely going to be able to eventually hook those phones up to, you know, keyboard, mouse monitor and have much more powerful experience. Nope, I'm with you.
1: Okay, man. Uh, a couple more things we want to talk about. Um, Have you installed Catalina yet?
0: Sounds good. Mac OS
1: 10.15?
0: I have not. I have not for a couple of reasons. For one, I'm wrapping up a project at work. um, Don't really want to mess (laughs) with my development environment yet. And also uh, because I don't really see a need yet. There's there's nothing that screams, yo, you really need to update for this one specific feature. Because like for... um, which, which one is this one? I can't remember the Mojave. name. Ten point fourteen. Yeah. Which one is it? Mojave. <laughs> Mojave. For me, yeah. the pull was dark mode. I really, really wanted dark mode, but I, I don't really see the pull yet for Catalina, except for the fact that I get some niceties when developing yes. with SwiftUI. Yes. But I'm not doing anything with SwiftUI, so yes. I don't really, don't really need it. So I'm curious to know if you updated and if there's anything that made you want the three to update features that I want. Catalina
1: are what you just mentioned, in Xcode, our development environment on Catalina, it, it can run uh, little previews. So I wanted that. I wanted Sidecar so that I could use my iPad as a a secondary monitor for my MacBook. And Sidecar only works on the MacBooks that have the new keyboard. So any of your 2015 and older MacBooks, they, they won't work with Sidecar. So I want a Sidecar. And there was one other thing I wanted, but I slipped in my mind. There's, there's not a lot in this version that I I really want. Um, and there's a lot of drawbacks. Like for example, all of my apps keep popping up at least on initial load and they're asking for permissions now. And we didn't have this with Mojave and I, I guess it was less secure then, but it's feeling more like iOS or Android, where every time you start an app, it's, it asks, you know, can we have camera permission? Can we have location permission? Can we have file access permission? It's just I'm just getting hit with these, and it feels like Windows Vista from years ago. But uh, oh, oh, the the last thing about Catalina was they've removed the ability for you to install any app you want if it's not signed by Apple. So we used to have three toggle switches there in uh, in settings. One of them was just apps that were installed from the store. The second one was apps that are installed from the store or um, signed by, you know, signed by Apple. And then the third one was anything you want. And I remember for like my family, I would want to turn theirs on to just the store. But for me as a developer, I want everything. Well, they've removed that third one now. So everything has to be, has to be signed. So that's kind of a bummer, but it, It looks pretty.
0: That's still crazy to me. There's got to be ways around it. They did a couple of other
1: things. Um, Bash is no longer the default shell in Terminal. Uh, I think it's ZSH. I think that's the one they changed. So if you had any scripts before, they might break. You might need to modify them. And uh, then they removed things like Ruby and Perl and PHP. Maybe PHP is there. But they removed a bunch of these languages. Uh, I think, yeah, they removed several several of these languages from the the base installation, so I can't just go to any Mac and and run a script and install stuff. You know, the first thing I need to do, need to do now is install Homebrew or something like that. So that's and and I understand the reasons that they're doing it, but it's just an inconvenience for a developer. So it just it's feeling more like an iPad.
0: Which yeah, again, talking about yeah, you, know, you don't <laughs> want to use a Mac that's got <laughs> iOS on it. Turns out, oh. turns out.
1: Okay, oh, man. Goodness. How's the weather there?
0: The weather? The weather's starting to get cold, but it, probably uh, not as cold as it is out I in Colorado.
1: Work a little bit early today because it started snowing. We're supposed to get like three to three to six inches, I think. And then Northern Colorado Springs is supposed to get okay. you know, up to ten inches. So, yeah, that's crazy
0: to me. It's only it's only October twenty third. Back when I <laughs> lived out there, we didn't get snow like that. That's well, gonna
1: be a a white uh, a white Halloween.
0: Most definitely. Most most definitely is I'm assuming this is a segue into your uh Oh yeah.
1: Do you have a pick of the week? I, I do have a pick of the week. Do you want to go no. first or you're <laughs> just gonna leave Here, me in the segue? Right this segue is <laughs> go off that cliff. No, sorry. Um so um I right. I returned the surface, but then I ordered a a case for my iPad Mini because I really liked that keyboard on the surface. So I ordered me a little clicky clacky uh keyboard but it has a a hinge and then there's a case at the top of it for the iPad. So I can close it like a laptop and I can open it up like a laptop and there's no kickstand. It's just keyboard and iPad, just opening up like a laptop. And the keyboard is awesome. It's backlit, has a bunch of different colors. The battery life's like a year or two. Um, It's just awesome. And it wasn't that expensive. And so now I'm going to try this for a week or two and see if, uh, and it looks cool. It's it's the Zag Folio backlit keyboard. Yeah, it came out a couple weeks ago. Zag Folio. That's
0: that's pretty nice it's looking. Really cool. So that's like that's my that pick of the lot. week. What's your pick? My pick is funny enough. You uh, you selected a iPad case. Mine is an iPhone case. So before I had this iPhone 11, um, I had an iPhone seven plus, I believe this was, uh, I had an Android in between there. We're not going to talk about that. We can go listen to past episodes. If you want to hear about my, my pixel three a, Um, but the two iPhones, two or three iPhones I had before this one, I mm-hmm. always ended up getting an Otter box because I was so scared that I was going to drop my phone. It was going to shatter into a million pieces, you know, and doomsday. Right. But those Otter boxes are like 50 bucks. And they're also very unwieldy. They just make the iPhone look so nasty looking to me. I just don't like the look of it. So when I got this iPhone 11, the question is, all right, what kind of case can I get that is, for one, not, you know, 50 bucks, still has good protection, but doesn't make my iPhone look horrific? Uh, And so the Spigen line, or (laughs) Spigen, I don't know exactly how to pronounce this, but there'll be a link in the show notes. Um, this line of cases is inexpensive for one, looks pretty good and has really good, um, you know, protection. Like I've, I've dropped this phone once and can, there's no scratches on it. It looks great. Um, yeah, that's just kind of my pick now there. It doesn't support this one that I'm going to link in the show notes does not support, uh, wireless charging, um, but there are other models that do, and I think that instead of being ten bucks, they're fifteen bucks.
1: What uh color case did you get?
0: Mine's black. Just because I have a black iPhone, I was just gonna go black with with black everything. Awesome, man. I I also bought one for my my Pixel 3AXL when I yep. had
1: when I had that. And nope, same I, thing. I great haven't case. had that ver- that brand yet, but uh some of these ten dollar cases on Amazon are awesome. On some of my, my previous iPads I get these little clear ones. They they felt a lot like that, that Spigen case. That's cool stuff, man.
0: It's really good. It's really good stuff. I I agree with you. Like the, some of the $10 cases are great. Like I just don't feel like spending 50 bucks on OtterBox or, you know, the Apple branded cases that are are more expensive than that. It's just, it's just not really worth it when you can get some good ones off of Amazon for much cheaper.
1: How's the watch band on your watch doing?
0: Watch band is still holding up pretty good. It's holding up well. But I'll be honest with you, my battery died inside of my Apple Watch Yeah, um, a few days ago. I think it was on Monday. And I haven't hooked it back up because it was starting to annoy me a little bit. Um, the reason why it was annoying me was because it kept on telling me, um, well, I, I injured my shoulder a little bit. And because of that, I haven't been able to spend a whole lot of time exercising. But it was always reminding me yeah. that my rings weren't getting yep. filled up. And it was making me sad. So... I haven't hooked it back up, but I need to, I need, I need to hook it back up. Just turn the rings off because it's great. I still love them, but, uh, but the, the band's holding up great. It's a great little, great little black, uh, band. It looks good. Feels good. Um, yeah, it's still holding up well. Excellent.
1: Okay, man. Podcasts are hard. Podcasting is hard. Good night, DJ. Good night, man.